Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. Ben Smith, a sports reporter for Perth Now Local, joins the program to talk football. G'day, Ben. Hey, Hida. How you doing? Yeah, good. Thank you, mate. Thanks for the time once again. I can't wait to hear your opinion on the Matildas and the Socceroos' performances of the past week. But first, we'll start with the A-League men's competition. Perth Glory experiencing a second wave of COVID. So Sunday's clash versus Melbourne City and next week's match versus Newcastle have both been postponed. This group cannot take a trick at the minute. No, it's been uh, it's been a re- really rough season, both on field and off field for Glory. Um, uh, yeah, and it just keeps continuing. It's uh, really unfortunate, you know. By the uh, you know they, the, the midweek game against Western Sydney, uh, you know they barely had enough players to uh, you know to to scrap together a team, but the game went ahead anyway. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's you know in light of that, it's probably unsurprising that uh, yeah that. that uh, the Melbourne City game tomorrow has also been called off. At, at the you know, a bit surprising about the, uh, the Newcastle uh, postponement as well. But you know, it must obviously be a pretty bad, uh, you know, bad situation in terms of case numbers uh, within the squad. Uh, yeah, you know, really un- unfortunate. Um, hopefully, we get a few more Glory games uh, soon. They're going to need to play them soon because you know, as, as the league has said, they're not going to extend the season. So. You know, it feels like they're going to have to pack, you know, all you know, twenty remaining games or however many it is in, in inside the space of two months. Which, uh, I mean, well, two or three three months, by the way, is actually actually the thing. But it's still, you know, no matter what the. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a pretty hefty workload for the glory. Yeah, most certainly. Uh, enjoyed uh, the CEO, Tony Pinata's comments that he was ready to suit up if the boys needed him. But to uh, action on field, Ben, the Jets and Sydney FC winners on Thursday and Friday. Western United have stopped the uh, Western Sydney Wanderers' new managerial bounce with a 1-0 victory today as well. Yeah, it's been, uh, you know, uh, good to see Newcastle back in the winners list. Uh, they were really fun to watch uh, before... Uh, all their games got called off by COVID. Uh, uh, they, you know, even though they're kind of down towards the bottom of the ladder, I think they're ninth at the moment. Um, they are a, you know, I think they've been the most fun team to watch in the A League men's this season. So uh, yeah, good to see them beat Brisbane, who you know had their mini renaissance ended. Uh, Sydney FC uh, kind of, you know, doing what Sydney FC do. You know, I really want to rule them out because I just haven't been impressed by them, but they. Find ways to win, and you know, in an a, you know, when in an A League uh, men's competition where you know every team is flawed, uh, including Sydney, the fact that they just have so many experienced veterans who just know how to you know eke out a result might actually end up working in their favour. But I'm still not convinced they're a good side, but <laughs> they just know how to win. Um, you know, um, it's not pretty. You know, they only had 41% possession yesterday. Uh, but you know they they got it done and uh, yeah it's just they're back in the uh, well, second now which is uh, start seems absolutely ludicrous to me <laughs> to uh, as someone who's watched a fair chunk of Sydney games this year I can't quite understand how they're second um, until I look at the Matt games played uh, column and they've actually played the equal most games of the season right. uh, normal victory for instance are a point behind them but have played three games less. Uh, MacArthur are two points behind them, but have played four games less. Melbourne City are two, uh, are three points behind them, and have played uh, two games less. So 
Uh, I'm sure the rest of the competition will make up uh, ground on City over the next uh, month or so. The FFA Cup final today, Melbourne Victory versus Central Coast. A close contest in the first half before Victory explodes via Jason Davidson in the 70th minute. Economides adds a second in the 95th minute. Uh, the Mariners added one in junk, t- junk time. Uh, are Melbourne Victory back now, Ben, with this victory? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think uh, they, and as soon as they got Tony Popovich, I was always very confident that he would be able to uh, if not compete for a title uh, this season, at the very least, put them in the you know in the uh, top four contention. And uh, yeah, uh, early doors looks exactly like that's the case. You know, they've only lost one of their uh, A League games, or so and uh, yeah, we've probably deserved winning the SFA Cup final for them today. It was a kind of an odd game where both teams were wanted to play. Uh, you know, counter-attacking football. So it was actually quite standoffish for most uh, for most of the game because you know uh, there was it was quite clear that both these teams know that their strengths are you know on the counter in transition, and uh, neither wanted to give the other team a chance to uh, ena- you know uh, enable them to do so. So it was a kind of very safe game. Where it wasn't uh, you know Melbourne had some quite nice. Uh, like obviously pre-rehearsed, you know, in-game moves, which would, you know, help open up Central Coast. But uh, there wasn't too much creativity on show from uh, from either team. And then, you know, in the end, it was won by, uh, you know, two sensational strikes from Melbourne. Uh, you know, the Jason Davidson free kick was fantastic. Uh, Chris Economides in injury time at strikes. Just the, the first touch to kill the ball. Or, or to set himself up, and then the second, the second touch to just send it goalwards, and just the, t- the technical ability that Conmedes boasts is uh, superb. He's a very good player, and then uh, Mariners, you know, probably if they weren't. I thought Melbourne were slightly better team, but I didn't think the Mariners were bad. And you know, nice to see uh, Oli Bazanich get a, a late uh, consolation for him, which was a fairly handy strike in it, itself. So even though that victory takes the win uh, there, uh, it, do Central Coast still you know have a lot to take away from uh, you know having a cup final run. I think they do. They've got such a you know they've got a young team. Uh, they they work really hard. Uh, you know for all the you know sort of, you know I wasn't too inspired by the choice of Nick Montgomery as coach, but he's got them working hard and you know hard work. Even the A League men's hard work takes you a long way, and uh, you know. It's you know I like Dan Hall and Kai Rolls, the two centre back uh, the centre back duo uh, who you know, have been pretty good this season. Uh, you know I think uh, uh, Marcos uh, Urena 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 sorry I cannot pronounce his surname. My apologies, Urena. <laughs> you better Marcos than me, Urena, mate. <laughs> uh, yeah, he you know I think he's a very a very hard working striker. You know he's a you know just very tidy and you know, puts himself about, you know, is always involved in build-up play. Uh, quite like him. Um, they've got, you know, some nice pieces. They work quite hard for each other. And, uh, uh, yeah, no, I think, you know, they definitely have it within them to play finals. Let's uh, move over to the Matildas at the Asian Cup. Uh, they go down to uh, South Korea 1-0, uh, bowing out of that very Asian Cup. Uh, bless you. Uh, this was it. This was uh, what we marked our progress against, our performance at the Asian Cup uh, with the new manager, Tony Gustavuson. And, well, we failed miserably. Yes, pretty much. Uh, it, it was 
so frustrating because, you know, this, you know, we're 18 months, we're less than 18 months away from uh, a home World Cup where, you know, it is the biggest, one of the biggest uh, footballing moments uh, in this country's history. Probably the biggest, I think. Uh, it's up there, it's alongside, um, you know, John Aloisi's you know, penalty against Uruguay's mates. Um, it hasn't even happened yet, but the fact that we're hosting it is just so amazing. And this is a group of Matildas. You know, there is serious world-class talent, or if not world-class, you know, a level slightly below world-class, but still very, very good. They have players like Sam Kerr. They have players like uh, Ellie Carpenter. Uh, Caitlin Forward is very good. Uh, you know, Mary Fowler does some, you know, very nice, nice things. There is serious talent in this Matildas team, but they have not improved since Tony Gustafsson, uh, in, you know, took over. You know, the results are bad under him, but even the style of play, even the quality of play, in my opinion, has not improved. And he has had an entire year to get something working. Um, you know, he's said, he said previously, you know, don't judge me off the friendlies, judge me off the tournaments. Tournament, the Asian Cup has come around. Uh, and look, on another day, they beat South Korea convincingly. You know, they did have some bad luck against South Korea. They they, they should have had a penalty, um, but then South Korea also missed their own penalty. They were, you know, uh, eliminated by a fantastic goal. Uh, Sam Kerr missed a couple of chances she should have put away. Um, but that's the thing. It's not... The South Korea loss isn't unsurprising. It's infuriating from a fan of the Childers because it just feels like we are squandering this opportunity of a home World Cup, which we have the talent to, you know, go deep into that tournament. We, you know, there are players, you know, some maybe not aren't in the Matilda setup, like Alex Chidiak is very good, but she hasn't been able to uh, uh, cement her spot in the Matildas under Gustafsson. And Katrina Gorey wasn't at the Asia Cup, and uh, she's a fantastic uh, central midfielder. But I just look at this Matilda's team under Gustafsson, and not once have I ever felt that he was putting, he, that he is putting them on a path to challenging for a World Cup. Even at the Olympics, we were very, I know we made the semi-finals, we were very close to being eliminated in the quarterfinals and leaving the tournament with one win from four games, uh, which people tend to forget. And it was not a good performance by Matilda's, you know, when you look at how they played in Tokyo. So it, I just, I don't have any faith, faith in Tony Gustafsson that he can turn it around. And, uh, you know, I know some people have defended him, but I just haven't seen it. Extra slap in the face as well, watching, you know, Alan Stadgett take uh, Philippines deeper into the competition than we were ab- able to get to as well. Put simply, Ben, what's next? Is it the way they play? Is it the curse singular mindset? How do they bury this and move forward? I don't think the curse singular mindset is a big issue because, she, you know, I've seen some people kind of argue that maybe Sam Kerr would be better served uh, from a team point of view on the wing and you have Caitlin Ford up top. Uh, instead, you have this, uh, you know, you have the opposite where, you know, the ball is filtered through Sam Kerr and her, you know, fantastic, uh, the fact that she's like quick and like incredibly powerful. Um, whereas I think Caitlin Ford is, you know, a bit more incorporative, a bit, you know, don't want to say more clever, but she's definitely, you know, she'll drop in a bit. Uh, she does it for Arsenal very well. Um, and, 
yeah, there is, there is definitely an over-reliance on Sam Kerr to do things. You know, this is one of the biggest issues I have with the team. A lot of the play under Gustafsson is just long balls on into the box, hoping that, you know, Kerr either wins the ball or if she, you know, if she's not in the contest, she can capitalise on, like, the second effort ball. Um, so, yeah, um, it's, I think just the long balls, you know, it's, it turns into a bit of a long ball game at times under Matilda's under Gustafsson. And I just don't know if he can turn it around. I don't know if he can coach another way. Like, I'm yet to see it. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just, disappoint- it's just disappointing. The Socceroos uh, also disappointing. They drew, drew with Oman uh, too well, saying goodnight to any chance of an unlikely smash and grab for second spot on the table in qualifying. I thought they looked better than recent efforts, though, but just constantly susceptible to a tying goal. Yeah, that's it. Um, that is, you never feel really confident for a full game under the, with the Socceroos. Like, even the Vietnam, where I know they won 4 0 and they looked very good in moments, but there was a big chunk of that second half where it was 2 0 to the Socceroos and Vietnam were, you know, were playing a lot better than their position in the group uh, implied. I was quite impressed by Vietnam. Um, you know, 2-0 down, they were running the midfield. Um, you know, they, they, they looked slightly dangerous, kind of starting to cause Australia a lot of problems. And then, you know, a quick counter-attack goal by Australia kind of put the game to bed. Uh, so, yeah, it's... Um, I, again, like, like the Starson, I'm just not... I have a bit more faith in Graham Arnold that he can eke out something. I'm not completely, you know, I haven't completely given up on the soccer as World Cup chances, but I think it's going to be very difficult uh, to qualify from here. I mean, for instance, you know, they play... Uh, you know, if they finish third, but, you know, at the moment, the third-place team in the other group is uh, UAE. Now, soccer is lost to the UAE the last time we played them, um, and even if we are to get past them, which, you know, we should be on, you know, we should hopefully be able to get past the UAE, but if it is not a given, uh, you know, if we would have to play a 15 in South America, that is Uruguay right now. <laughs> I do not feel confident in a Socceroos team going up against Uruguay, or at least the Socceroos team as it currently is composed going up against Uruguay. Well, that was my next question. I was going to say, any ideas on how we're tracking for that opponent in the fifth spot on the ladder? Is it in uh, South America? So uh, any idea on their form or uh, any names that uh, we should be watching out for as far as the Uruguayans go? Because we got to know uh, some of those names back in the day, didn't we? Because they just were the uh, enders of a lot of our uh, World Cup dreams. Yeah, yeah, it was... uh... It was, you know, they do have, obviously, you know, going back in the day, they have, uh, you know, uh, Diego Forlan yeah. and, uh, you know, Alvaro Ricoba, who very famously uh, said that Uruguay had a divine right to play at the World Cup. Um, I actually, actually, I would like to correct myself. The fifth place team at the moment is Peru, not Uruguay. Right. Uh, Peru, uh, last seen uh, against Australia, putting us to the sword at the World Cup in oh, Russia. No. Okay. So, again... <laughs> Doesn't exactly uh, doesn't exactly bode well uh, whether we get Uruguay or Peru or even you know Chile has some quality uh, you know obviously Arturo Vidal and uh, uh, Ben Rerison Diaz uh, my favourite Blackburn player the Englishman turned uh, Ch- Chilean so uh, yeah it's going to be you know Colombia are not out of uh, contention yet, just yet uh, but yeah it looks like it's going to be one of uh, Uruguay Peru and uh, Chile.
FA Cup uh, underway over the well they're into the fourth round. Man United in real play on vibes as far as being the butts of jokes with their performances on field. Uh, this time in the fourth round FA Cup action, they lose on penalties to Middlesbrough. Ilunga missed a penalty in the shootout. Ronaldo misses one in match play. It just feels like it just keeps on rolling on. There's no change at the minute. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was a thorough. Obviously, you know, I just they had 29 percent possession. Uh, Man United don't, had uh, 30 shots to six, uh, <laughs> 913 passes to 369. Uh, yeah, it was just, you know, domination on the field for Man United, but not domina- domination on the score sheet. And, uh, yeah, as soon as, you know, it, it becomes a bit of a lottery as soon as you go down to penalties because it's as mental as much as it, as it is technical and, uh, yeah, great. It's great to see Middlesbrough uh, proceed to the fifth round. Uh, uh, yeah, and just uh, I'm always always on board for a bit of Man United, uh, <laughs> you know, tomfoolery and, uh, you know, schadenfreude. So, uh, yeah, great, great, great result for Middlesbrough. Coming up this morning, there's a truckload of games ahead. Uh, Southampton, a shorter move past Coventry. I'm not biased in that call at all. But uh, when you've uh, had a look over the fixtures upcoming, Ben, are there any upset alerts on the cards uh, when you've cast your eye over them? Uh, not really. I'd love to. I'd love to see Kidminster beat West Ham. Uh, <laughs> somehow, I think that might uh, be somewhat out of the realms of uh, possibility, but. Uh, you know, also uh, keep an eye out for Bournemouth versus uh, Boreham Wood, a team I'm only just le- learning uh, exist. Um, but yeah, they probably look like the uh, you know two biggest uh, you know discrepancies in uh, in talent. Uh, apart from that, it's kind of hard to uh, to read. You never really know with the cup. Uh, yeah, it should be. Uh, you know, I I have a lot of uh, fondness for the FA Cup. It's always good to see the lower league teams mix it with the Premier League giants. So uh, yeah, uh, long may it continue. Uh, well, officially or unofficially, Celtic have become every Australian's second or third team, or at least a team in uh, which they have a soft spot for with Ange Postacoglu's continued efforts in getting the uh, club firing and some uh, great performances across this week as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's absolutely fantastic to see uh, a Big Ange, as they've uh, dubbed him in, Gla- <laughs> in the green and white half of Glasgow, uh, win out and uh, you know, you know, take, the, take Celtic to the top of the league. It's uh, yeah, it's awesome to see someone you know Australia's greatest ever coach having success uh, over in uh, in Europe. And I know people say it's only the Scottish Premier League. You know, it's a two horse race every year. Uh, I think the thing I really like about uh, you know the way it's not just other, it's the way Andrew's done it. It's the fact that he came in. You know, Rangers finished I think twenty three points ahead of Celtic last season. Uh, absolutely dominated the Scottish Premier League and has come in, you know, recruited, uh, gone on a huge recruitment drive, brought in the players he needed to bring in to play his style of football, which is attacking, no holds barred, lots of fluidity of movement. And, yeah, no. and um, the fact that it's, you know, normally in his first seasons at, you know, Brisbane and, uh, you know, in Japan, uh, you know, it's been pretty, uh, pretty, been a pretty slow start for Ange, but he's, you know, he's, you know, they've only lost three of their opening 24 games. They're top of the league. They've just pelted their biggest rivals 3-0. Uh, and, you know, Michael Cox, uh, the you know, British uh, football journal, who is one of the best tactical writers uh, in the world, 
he has actually done a, uh, you know, he devoted a column to uh, the first half performance of Andrews uh, Celtic against Rangers. So there's not much higher praise than that. Um, but big next step for Andrews, obviously, you know, can he continue to keep his run of form up and uh, seal a uh, league victory for uh, Celtic uh, at the end of the season? Well, it is the uh, biggest story of uh, today and they've uh, done a nice job, Cricket Australia, that is, of uh, bearing it on a Friday night into Saturday morning. But your thoughts on Justin Langer, pretty rough treatment of a legendary player, a coach who has performed and, yeah, this is the thanks he gets. Yeah, I, it's, it, again, it's, there's a passion of uh, Cricket Australia mishandling things and this isn't a surprise um, it's you know to offer him a six month extension is absolutely insulting. Um, I do feel quite sorry for Justin Langer in that respect. I mean you know he has just won a T20 World Cup and uh, you know Anna Nashes. Uh, the I think it's it's very interesting because you know all the reports are that the players were not particularly forthcoming with Langer uh, in terms of you know wanting him to stay on and you know if you are if you know, if a players are so, um, you know, not just don't quite don't feel like he's the right man for the job to lead lead him forward, it you know, it does present a difficult uh, decision because obviously he has had the recent success. Biggest question is how much of the recent success was down to the players and how much of the uh, recent success was down to Langer himself. That's you know that's something I don't know the answer to. But I think it is a very interesting question. Uh, you know, there have been reports, you know, over over his tenure that he was, you know, grating on the players at times and wearing them down with his intensity. Um, yeah, it's that you know, regardless of that, the way Cricket Australia has handled this and has been, you know, deplorable for me. Tom Brady, uh, we spoke about it uh, last week. Uh, there was uh, some news around perhaps he might be retiring, uh, but then he denied it. But he has confirmed now that the retirement is going ahead and he's out of the league after 22 seasons, seven Super Bowl rings. He retires well and truly as the GOAT. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I actually thought he would stay for another season. Uh, I was quite surprised. You know, he... I mean, he just threw 40 uh, touchdown passes exactly, yeah. in the second year in a row, which, you know, is insane. You know, even if a player in their prime throws 40 touchdowns in the season, that is a big accomplishment. In fact, he's doing it at 43, 44, however old he is. Uh, he's just, yeah, it's, it's bonkers. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, it, we were, there was always, that, you know, that saying about, on lesser saying, but everyone always used to say, you know, Tom Brady, eventually he's going to fall off a cliff um, because he has such a competitive nature that he's going to keep pushing himself and, you know, his confidence is so high that he's going to keep believing that he can play for as long as possible. Um, and, yeah, there was always a, you know, assumption that Father Time would defeat him, but instead Brady has, you know, Defeated Father Time by still being at the top of his game and then calling it a day. And I don't, I didn't think we'd ever see Tom Brady do that. I did think he would try to play. He spoke about wanting to play for 50 previously. I thought he would chase that dream to an extent. Um, I'm very surprised. I was very surprised to see him actually retire. But yeah, obviously he retired. You know, his resume speaks for himself. Uh, he is, you know, as a New England Patriot fan myself. Um, 
I was very lucky enough to see him play a couple of years ago in the flesh, uh, pre-COVID times, of course. And uh, yeah, he, it's, um, his legacy is just one, one of winning. It is, I cannot remember an athlete like Brady who was, you know, obviously Michael Jordan was incredible, but even, you know, father time came for Michael Jordan, you know, in his Washington days. The fact that Brady has decided to go out is that when he has after another amazing season, you know, after being, you know, a couple of throws away from uh, making the, uh, you know, the NFC Championship game uh, is, yeah, pretty remarkable. So, uh, yeah, I salute to Tom Brady. Well done. Ben, thank you so much for the time once again, mate. Uh, we'll continue to follow your work on Perth Now Local. No worries. Cheers, Eda. Ben Smith, a Perth Now local sports reporter, joining us on the overnight crowd and doing a phenomenal job of it as well, by the way. Let us know your thoughts around the football action with Melbourne Victory taking out the FFA Cup today over the Central Coast Mariners. Perth Glory going through their second wave of COVID, which has seen two of their matches postponed. Or perhaps you want to comment on Ben's thoughts around Justin Langer and the uh, treatment of him as a uh, legendary player for Australia and also a pretty... Great coach, it's fair to say, with the achievements on field. 0433 98 11 16. We'd love to hear from you. It's Paul Heater Heath behind the wheel on the overnight crowd on SEN. We'll be right back just after this. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto, don't work on your deck, play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.